Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to another episode of Rider on the Road. I have a wonderful guest with me today and the story that Gerard has to tell us is a boy's own adventure. This guy is living my dream. He's out there doing it, I think is the slogan um, that he has for his book, Gone Hunting. So I'm going to hand over to Gerard straight away because he's got so much to tell us that we actually had half a conversation before we even started recording. So Gerard, everything you say from now on will be taken down as evidence against you. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, straight away, that sounds like the story of my life. Um, um, thank you very much, um, Mel, for the opportunity um, to, to do this with you. I really do appreciate it um, because, you know, opportunities to, to talk and, and present you what you do and all that sort of stuff, you know, they're hard to come by. So, you know, as an author um, and a publisher and all the other bits that go with it, I really do appreciate that opportunity. Um, I'm a 50-year-old guy. Um, I'm married. Um, I've been blessed, some would say. Um, I have a great wife that gives me an enormous amount of freedom. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I do have to take my hat off to Susie. And also, she really does share the passion that I um, have. She's incredible in that she listened to my audio book and did the editing and I must admit, in the end, I did think that she was going to hit me on the head with it. Um, so, you know, she used to have to take a CD every day in her car and listen to it, tell me all the bits and pieces that, because, you know, I'm not real smart sometimes with how I pronounce words, um, so that that all got corrected and fixed. And it is a seven-hour um, 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 audio, and, you know, that took a lot of recording. So I have to thank her enormously for that. Um, so, you know, the other part is that um, I'm a chartered accountant by trade. I'm a retired chartered accountant because most people will tell you that after they meet me that how did I become an accountant, but I did. Um, but it did put me in good stead for a lot of building blocks that I've used in my life. Um, I don't have any children. Um, it's just one of those things. My wife has two children and they're both grown up and she has grandchildren there, so that keeps her occupied, so... Uh, another little blessing in my life. <laughs> now, I've got to interrupt. I'm sorry, I can't let you go any further and get away with that. Um, blessed because she gives you lots of time on your own and blessed because she stays at home with the grandchildren while you go out and have all the adventures. For all my listeners out there, please let it be known that girls, we're on the road as well. We're having the adventures and leaving the blokes at home. Um, um- Sorry to interrupt there, but I'll have you know that Susie has done a lot of miles and slept a lot of times in my tent, and if I don't take her at least away three or four times a year, uh, yeah, well, there's there's a price to pay, 
And I'll have you know that every single morning she gets a cup of coffee in bed and very often gets breakfast made in bed as part of my penance. Oh, look, I I adore this guy already. From the first moment that I spoke to him, I actually sent him a little email and said I'm in love. He is just a honey. Now, he mentioned there there's so many things I want to pick up on. The very first one is you take your wife into your tent, but I noticed in all your reading material that you call your tent your writer's hovel. That's more of recent time. Um, um, There was a a large period of my life there where I didn't take photos. You wouldn't believe it the amount of photographs I put up in social media. There were several years I didn't take photographs, and Susie accompanied me for a lot of that time, and I didn't write any articles at all for any magazines or any of that sort of stuff. And it's only been about the last five years I just felt a burning desire to really get to get into it again. Um, And I started writing for um, the Wild Deer magazine for Daniel Burke. And the first one I sent in to him, he just rang me up straight away and said, listen, would you like to write for us? And I said, well, that's the idea of sending it in, I suppose. Um, And from there, um, I've tried to develop a style that I got captivated by Peter Fitzsimons um, with Kokoda. And Susie will tell you, we're, we're laying in this tent on, on top of George Sound in Fiordland and we're fighting over this book and it's pouring down rain and there's like a drip coming through the top of the tent. And she says, well, you didn't bring a book, you know, now you want to share mine. So she's a lot faster reader than I am and she's reading away and, and waiting for me because, you know, she's like two pages in front, it feels like all the time. Anyway... I got so captivated by his writing style. Anytime I pick up that book and open up a page anywhere, I'm instantly there. And I thought to myself, what a mark this guy is leaving on the world. What, that, that is just so inspirational, his writing style. And that gave me a lot of inspiration to, to try and do something different to what I've traditionally read in the genre that I'm in. Um, most of the genre that I'm in are, are how-to novels. They aren't story novels that actually put you in the person's um, sh- shoes or boots. It's probably the best way to describe it. Anyway, so Susie and I are there. We're battling away with this book and um, we get um, a mountain radio call to say that there's a weather event coming in. And like we're talking pretty serious, like 150 mils of rain in the next um, 24 hours. And um, so we're due out in two days. And I said, well, how about we just tell, tell them if they can get the helicopter in, get it in and do it now. So anyway, they sent a message out, not nah, going to come in in the morning. We're laying in this tent and it's just pounding. You can't see. And we're at like just under 5,000 feet, like on the west coast of New Zealand. And there's this buzz. And I said, some crazy nuts down there in the helicopter coming through the bottom of the sound. Well, it was like mad. It was just like a James Bond thing. The helicopter comes up, is just using GPS, lands right underneath us. We then get all our gear. It's pouring down rain. We pack into the chopper. Jonathan just lowers us down, kicks the door open, and just glides us down the edge of the mountain, like right next to the trees, gets us into the sound, has to take the doors off the helicopter because it's all fogging up. And um, then we have this wild, crazy trip out because all the passes are closed and um, except for the, through the lower glaze knock. Um, and we go through there and back out through Lake Tiania. Um, it was just... So anyway, just goes to show my wife does come with me. Oh, 
Look, um, your boys' own adventures, I've got to admire you, Susie, if you're listening out there, because you make it sound like an adventure, but I'm guessing it was as scary as all hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've... I keep getting sidetracked again, as I always do when it comes to landscape, when it comes to place. Um, Gerard has gone to Tasmania. He he sends me a spot, spot me, find a thing where I know where yeah, he's Yeah, it's a spot device. It's, for a, it's off a satellite location um, um, system, and what that enables is um, for me to keep in contact so people actually do know where I am. Um, it's not. It can be used as an emergency device, but it's more just for peace of mind for for, for people who know that. Because ninety nine percent of what I do is actually solo backpacking, ten day wilderness trips. So um, that just lets them know that. Hang on, this is roughly where he is. Uh. I'm, I'm making notes madly, but we, you're going to have to come back on again because there's just too much to talk to in one chat. Ten, <laughs> ten day wilderness trips. I'll, I'll add an aside here. I just learnt that Gerard works for his brother. Um, he is a chartered accountant, so he gets time off um, upon occasion to go out and give presentations about his um, books and do his ten day wilderness trips. I noticed that he has on his Facebook and his website pictures of his office. I have put some of those up on Facebook, Gerard. Tell us about your office. Okay. Um, my out there doing it office. Um, yeah. I have two offices. Okay, there's the boring one, which is moving the numbers around, um, but it does help pay the bills because, as all authors and, and publishers know, there's not much money to be made in books. <laughs> it's more a love than anything else. Um, but my out there doing it office um, is so sweet. I just... You get so much energy, well, I do anyway, from being in the mountains. Um, And I'm there and I can just feel Mother Nature around me. And I always look at the weather before I go in to give me an idea about what I'm going to be up against because most of my... um, Activities are on, on the in New Zealand in the in the mountains because that's what I like the most, and um, and backpacking into those regions you are very much um, independent and needing of your own resources to survive what can be thrown at you, and I find from that there that at probably three o'clock in the morning is when my brain snaps and all the little gremlins run around in there and those little characters, and I'll, I'll wake up and. Um, I've got to write. I just have to write. And often that'll go to probably 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning and then I die. I just I go to sleep for him for a couple of hours. So all those people who are actually hunters would be just so disappointed with me because I know I hunt between 10 and 2. <laughs> and, and just put you all your minds at rest, animals sleep between 10 and 2, so we're not going to discuss actual hunting here. But I think animals, you could be very safe as long as you have your siestas in the middle of the day. Gerard, how many words would you get out in, in those, what, five hours, five, six hours? It's a good question. Quite often I can probably punch up to maybe a couple of thousand. Um, I, don't, I don't suffer from writer's block. Um, I've done um, my first book, um, Gone Hunting, out there doing it lessons, and I know that I've probably got material for probably close to 10 books, and... Um, the first book's got 62,000 words in it and I really struggled to keep it to that and that was just a snippet um, of, of, of what I know that I've got. And then I had a look at what I've written for Daniel for the Wild Deer Mag and um, when I actually add up all the articles there that sort of form like a little nucleus to, to expand on, 
I think he's got something like about 40 articles, and they're all about 1,500, 2,000 words, and they're not, that's not big enough for a chapter in a book. And then with the site, and, and, and an article that goes in a magazine is very different to what ends up being in a, in a, in a book. So, you know, that, that they will they quadruple. But what's great is that I dug up, um, when I started this project, I had a whole pile of magazines that go back, honestly, like, well, I'm 50, so I started writing when I was probably some, some you know, I said I missed a period there. But I wrote a few articles when I was about, 20, say, 25, and I've been quite amazed at how good they were for a 25-year-old who couldn't spell. <laughs> And they've provided some really good memory joggers. And um, so I've gone back and I've kept all those magazines, I might add, and um, uh, I've been using them to help with that memory jogging. So that's been fabulous. Yeah. And that's awesome. Sorry? Sorry, keep going. I'm trying to keep my cat. My cat's trying to jump on our computer. Oh, that's okay. Um, This man's got a gun, cat. Be careful. (laughs) And and, uh, honestly, people talk about doing blogs and stuff like that. Um, I've resisted doing that. Everywhere I read, it talks about um, writers doing blogs. Um, I find it enough challenge trying to write enough material to go into, you know, to get the book done um, and keep keep momentum running with that. So I've just basically thought, okay, the stuff I write for the for the magazines is really a blog because it really goes to um, a quite a large following, and also my social media pages, which are pictures. So I found that to be my compromise for a blog, and um, it means that when you actually do hit my web page, you're there to buy. Like you've only got when when somebody comes onto your web page, the stats are you've got three seconds to get them. If you don't get them within three seconds, you've lost them. And um, you'll also find on my web page, other than the links that go to my Facebook and my Instagram and YouTube, there's no other links because I don't want anybody going anywhere else. Yes, I know, because so I, just... tried, I tried to do some research on you, and I'm going, I was just, while you were talking earlier, I'm going, this doesn't go anywhere, um, and now I know why. Everything Gerard's mm. telling us, um, I can tell from your accounting background and I can tell how your mind works, you're straight to the point, you're, you're doing it really well, and I think that's, I was first attracted to you through the Australian eBook Publisher website where I saw your material and how beautifully it was presented, and then I read something about you had 5,000 downloads or um, emails or something, and I went, this guy's really got his act together and doing it, and then you said you'd only written one book. Can you tell us about your following? Um it sort of it, it was it was planned um, when I decided that I was going to start when when the when the 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 embryo of, of a book was in my head for gone hunting um, the Facebook um, business page went up now that business page was probably up a good six or seven months before I even put pen to paper um, and what I did was. <laughs> From, from, from what I observed, I'm not a Stephen King where people just know who you are straight off the bat, right? Um, if I put – I also set up a page only of recent times just – and this really does confirm um, 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 the, the methodology here – is that Ger- the Jared Abrams author page gets a f- not even a fraction of what the branding page gets, the branding page cops are hammering um, at times, and depending on what I'm putting in there, 
um, it, it, it can go to 15,000-plus feeds. Did you hear uh, that, everybody, 15,000-plus? My picture hit 100 the other day and I was so excited. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the critical thing that um, I found was um, you'll notice that there's no one else's stuff is on my, um, in my feeds. So I've actually blocked everybody. So anybody that wants to put anything up onto any of my feeds whatsoever, um, um, I've got to authorise it all. And, that, and that's because I really want to keep a certain image. Um, I find I, when I look at people's um, um, Facebook, social media, a lot of it gets contaminated because of all the other stuff that they bring in and it just doesn't keep sending the same message who they are. And even if, even if the pictures are simple... Um, um, but they are still yours. And to me, that's really critical. Um, um, you scroll through my um, um, social media and the amount of pictures that I've got that someone else has taken or provided, you could count on one hand. And that's been very, very deliberate. Um, and I'll, I won't run out of pictures. I've still got thousands. Um, so that, that doesn't concern me. So, but, And that's just this is just my strategy with it. But I found that um, the niche market... Gorn hunting page, as I say, goes way in front of the um, um, the author page, and that's because Jared Abrams is an unknown. People go easy. Um, whereas when that goes through the, the Gorn hunting page, goes up in front of people's feeds, that's something they can relate to very, very quickly. And having the slogan out there doing it, you know, that really captures them. And you haven't asked me yet, why is it spelt the way that it is? I noticed. I just assumed there's one thing that my writer on the road focuses on very, very strongly, but perhaps I need to go and have another go at my branding now I've spoken to you. You're putting me to shame, Jared. Uh, I'm assuming it's because you're an Aussie bloke and out there doing it was um, how Australians speak, and I'm totally wrong, aren't I? Absolutely. Um, I've had several people say to me, that's an incorrect spelling and you need to do this, you need to do that, and all that sort of rubbish. Um, it was a major point of difference that I wanted to create, and so anybody who really wants to know are going to have to buy the book because it is documented into there as to why it is spelt incorrectly and have the um, little apostrophes around, around it. So it is very deliberate. And, yes, I do realise that it is spelt incorrectly. I just... I'm, I'm not an English teacher. Um, I knock off at 3 o'clock, so I'm not going to comment. I but, love it. But you could give us an exclusive if you want to. Okay, the exclusivity is, is because my dad can never spell and I dedicated the incorrect spelling of it to him. Oh, so I see. He's, he's a softie under that tough exterior. Um, look, you, you are a wonderful, wonderful man, but certainly a man with your head screwed on straight. You are making a huge success of this um, and when you throw around numbers, you're not mucking around. You're... you're dead certain about what you're doing, you're very organised, you're very focused. Uh, the rest of us could learn a little bit from that. Um, tell us more about what you're doing. You've got another book coming out and you've already got the pre-order stuff out. Please tell me that you've started the book. I have started the book. Um, it's about 30,000 words written of 60-odd thousand that I need because um, I calculate because on the publisher and I have to work out the exact size of the book itself. So the, the engineering um, um, of my product is really critical. So I've got to be able to post it. I've got to be able to do everything um, um, within a cost budget. So what I did was I worked out 
what size all that stuff needed to be, and, and there's a whole you know range of stuff with that. Um, and yes, it is very much. It's got thirty thousand words up, um, and I'm back at the start of it, sort of you know doing that rejig, 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 and I'm I'm really happy with how it is actually. It's 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 a way improvement even on book one, which I thought was good. Yeah, and don't forget, Jared's got ten books in him. Uh, the word series <laughs> is written up there. So I'm sorry, Susie, you've got a lot of editing to do. Uh, when you Tell me about your books. I notice you've got some pretty beautiful pictures. That's great English, isn't it? Sorry, another day at school. Great pictures out there. Yeah, um, to me, I want to I want to convey um, um, some imagery in there. And um, um, when I put book one together, it was a real struggle, like just to to, to cull out the photos that didn't need to go into there. So um, that's that's a good position to have, and all the photos for book two are already worked out. And, and um, unfortunately, I've got to have them photoshopped, which I hate doing. All, all the stuff you see in my social media is not photoshopped. Not they'd be lucky to be one. That's other the cover of my book is photoshopped. Outside of that, nothing is photoshopped, and. Um, Unfortunately, to, to do the offset printing, they've got to be photoshopped. You can get away with them on the ebook side. Well, that's pretty easy. Um, but for the for the offset printing, they've got to be done um, and 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 played with a little bit. So um, yeah, so it's it's. But the thing is, when you're out and about, it, to me, it's a really important thing to take take photos. And I honestly, my camera is my iPhone these days, and my other camera is just my little point and shoot little Canon. Um, I don't have specialised photography equipment at all. And you'll notice None. some of the photos I put up there today that I just couldn't resist and one was of a snow mountain and one was of the beautiful valley. I'm going, <laughs> oh, take me there because um, I'm stuck in the city working at the moment. Um, Jared, those photos are magnificent and you're telling me you took them with an iPhone. Yes. Um, the, it was quite funny actually. Um, a very good friend of mine, um, young Jed McDonald, he has got cystic fibrosis and um, he's challenged, he's tried to get over once a year to come and spend a, um, a week or two with me in the mountains and, you know, he's got a lung capacity of around 50% and, you know, cystic fibrosis, 33%, she's lung transplant time. So we're, we're laying in the tent. I have, to ca- I have to carry everything I've got to add for this little guy. But he's a great, great little friend who come. Long story about how we met, but we won't go there. But anyway, um, great friend of, of Susie and mine. And um, we're laying in the tent there, and I've got the iPhone. I'm taking some photos and stuff. And he's using it in all sorts of ways, like with panos and all sorts. Like I'd never even looked at any of that stuff. So here I am. Oh, I can you do panos? <laughs> so that was a real education. So yeah, the, the, what the capabilities of those phones is is just fabulous. Um, so, um, and they take up no weight in your backpack. And also I have a couple of auxiliary batteries that, um, I can throw in there. Works great. Yeah. Um, if you're hearing, um, an idyllic picture emerging here, everyone, it's, it's true. Um, Gerard's office is an idyllic location wherever he is. Um, we have our beautiful bush in Australia that, where Gerard goes is inaccessible to most of us. We're certainly not going to drive there and we're certainly not going to do a two-hour hike there. Um, as Gerard said, mm-hmm. he sometimes takes days to get into these places. It's well worth checking out his Facebook page, 
simply to have a look at the photographs because you're going to be like me. You're going to quit your job tomorrow and you're going to wander off in the bush never to be seen again. And then you're going to churn out <laughs> two or 3,000 words a day um, and become more famous, I'm guessing, than you're letting on. You're very shy, but if you've got 15,000 hits on your on your Facebook page and you've churned out articles for your dear magazine since you were 25, I'm assuming you may be selling a few copies of your books. Um, yeah, I've been only going a month, pretty much nearly a month since, since Gaunt Hunting um, came out, and um, I've been pretty happy with, with, with what's occurred. There was the initial onslaught onto the, onto the website, and that came from setting up an email database. So what I did to start with was um, everything I read said landing page. So I set up a landing page. And the, the good book said, have nowhere else where they can go. They either give you your email address or they get nothing. So set the landing page up, you either gave me your email address or you didn't get anything else. And um, so I just had it all locked down. And I did most of the most, I wouldn't say most, nearly 99.999% of the traffic coming to the website comes from social media, which I you know, so having all those keywords people talk about and all that sort of stuff is probably important, but my stats show me that social media is where my traffic comes from. So what I did was I set up some um, little programs in there for people to um, um, have, like, an opportunity when the book launched to get, you know, a signed copy and it's coming soon and all sorts of stuff. But you also got to be careful that you don't hammer them too much because they just get sick of seeing the same thing. Um, so I was pretty happy with the, the the amount of people that registered. Obviously, the amount of people that registered didn't all buy, but um, I'm not a, I'm not a spammer. So you know they've been sent two emails since I, since everything was available, and then with Father's Day now coming up, that'll be another opportunity just to, to tickle them a bit, and then with Christmas that'll be another opportunity to tickle them. Yeah, and you'll probably have book two um, out by then, will you? Um, it's going to be a struggle, even though we've got December 2016 on, on the list, but we'll see how we go. Um, we've sold a few, not an enormous amount of that, but a lot of people have said that when it is up, they're going to buy it. Um, had a lot of feedback on, on, on that because we did leave them with a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the book, so deliberately, I might add. Um, so um, it's it's... The, the, the next part of that marketing um, then went to, you know, basically pressing the flesh. And I'm involved in that now, getting involved, meeting of clubs, guest speaking. Um, this week um, I've got to go to um, Melbourne on Thursday. There's a, um, a, a club down there that I'm, I'm going to spend some time with for the evening. Um, I'm very, very lucky there is the expo this coming weekend in Toowoomba. And the one of the hosts of, of that is the ADA, Australian Deer Association, and those guys took a couple of hundred books up there to sell on their stand so and also to put back into their club as well, into their branches. So I was pretty happy about that. That's a pretty good little deal. Um, and they're going to do that for me. Uh, unfortunately, I can't make it, but they're going to, to actively promote that as one of their fundraisers. And I've given them a good deal so that they can do that. I think that's really important. Um, and on my website, I have an affiliate program where anybody who is a club who registers as an affiliate, I give them eight know, percent of the sale proceeds back as a, as a donation um, for, for 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 doing that. So all they have to do is put a link to their on their website, 
people click on that link, it comes into my website, the person buys it from my website, I handle all the, the, the e-commerce transactions and they then get um, a kickback from that. Uh, look, I know nothing is left to chance with you, Gerard, so I've got to ask, why 8% and not 10%? Um, it just mathematically it worked out. I, um, the, the, the people who are, I'll just call it, um, online sellers, I give them um, 6%, and when I worked out um, the, the, the amount that I could go to, it just worked out that maths worked out at 8% because I also pay all the, the freight. When anybody buys anything from me, I don't have a website where you log on and then you say, oh, there's the price of the thing, and then it goes down, and then you get in up and get freight, and then you get GST and all that sort of stuff. I'm a real basic guy. When I buy something off a, off a website, I want the price to be the price. So when you log on to my website, what you see is what you get. If it says $25, that's everything. You go to, go to the checkout, it's $25. There's nothing, and that's to anywhere in the world. Yeah, you haven't got Amazon. I don't remember seeing any. Have you got Amazon and everyone up there? Uh, I'm on Amazon. Um, I'm on Kindle. I put that up onto there, and I'm also on iBooks and Kobo. Um, they were the three easiest I could do. Um, I couldn't be on um, Barnes Noble because I'm not an American citizen or American contact or any of that sort of stuff. So well, that was what I found when I hit that hit that roadblock. So I didn't bother didn't bother mucking with it. Um, but iBooks, Amazon, and um, Kobo, my book is actually on. Yeah. Um, having said that, I would suggest to you that my paperback sales are probably about 50 times more than my ebook sales. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a very good reason for that. If anyone jumps on his website, and I shall leave that link for you, uh, these books are beautifully made. The photos in them are just gorgeous, and um, they're almost an adventure book. They're they're an inspiration book. You you want to look at the photographs. Um, I noticed that you said you have just jagged Nielsen Publishers. What's that about? Okay, so um, if you're an author and you've self-published, um, you can go and register with those guys, and then that's another way in which people can find you from around the world, um, and Part of the process is, you know, you've got to get on there, you've got to, like all these things, like the libraries and all that sort of stuff, you just got to find enough hours, but you go and register because that then, you might never, nothing might come of it, but something could come of it. You just don't know. And it's not a huge exercise. Um, when I when I put the application in, they said, well, they go away for 10 days and they must check and tick their boxes or whatever they've got to do. But... Um, I did say that I was going to produce another six shortly. So, because if you only got one, you're probably too small. So, um, I thought, well, that, that's all coming. It'll be fine. It'll be right. <laughs> They're a big company. They don't know. They won't check on me. <laughs> <laughs> we can ring them up tomorrow. Um, I think what we're hearing here is a story that we can all aspire to. Every one of us should be doing the things that Gerard's done and is doing. Uh, having that landing page, having that website up and running um, well before we're ready to sell, having the pre-orders, getting the audio books done. Um, we haven't touched on foreign rights. Is that just on your to-do list? Uh, it is. Um, I haven't sort of even haven't even considered it, if you want to know the honest truth at the present moment, pretty much I've just been doing the, the whole nine yards myself with a little army of people. I've got a guy over in New Zealand. Um, I landed half the printed books um, in Auckland and he does my distribution there for me. 
Um, so that's really handy. And also then it's just from Australia. At the present moment, anywhere else on the planet, it's either they've got to take an e-book or, as I say, I designed the book that I can send it from Australia to the US and the UK and Canada, which are my other potential um, markets from here and still make a profit out of it. Yeah, and don't forget we're talking boys' own adventures. We're talking getting out there, doing it. We're talking about some of the most pristine, spectacular um, country that we have around us. So I immediately think of Canada. I immediately think of the mountains Mm. over there as well. Uh, Tasmania, where's your favourite spot? I lived there for a couple of years. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the little place on the coast, and we, and we went there and we went bluefin tuna fishing. And my father, he was alive then, he he was there with us as well. And we then we were at a lake. Also, we went inland and went fishing. And I will never forget um, my one of my good friends caught was or sorry was was in the same boat as him. And Dad hooks this fish, this trout, and gets it in it. Like Dad keeps anything, if like even if it's a sardine, he thinks it's fabulous. The fact that he's caught a fish. Anyway, Dad's caught this fish. He takes it off the hook, puts it on the seat, turns around to, to fix his hook up, and this guy gets it and he throws it back over the other side. Like we're watching from another boat, and we just we're just expecting there to be a Donny Brook straight away. <laughs> he just Dad just looks down and um, he's just I, th- I thought it was just going to be on. Another guy pushed out of the boat. Dad's jaw just dropped. It was just such a classic. Now, that's my favourite place, and I can't even tell you the name of the lake we're on, but it has a vivid memory to me. Uh, you're probably down in the southwest there somewhere? Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the place, but I, do, I just remember that special event, and it's never left my mind, yeah. and it never will. Yeah, there'll be a picture of it somewhere. Look, I think every, will be. Yeah, everything about you, you've got that beautiful Australian accent, you've got those wonderful ex, uh, Australian expressions, the Donnybrook Uh your book is crying out for TV and film. It's quite funny that the first critique I, I sent my book. I, okay, part of the process is having people critique your book before you publish it or print it. I can't recommend so so critical, and I've been very blessed in that area. Um, besides Susie, who I've, I've, I've termed as my editor, because um, she's, she's a real little word um, guru, she couldn't write a book to save a life, but she's great when it comes to editing. You know, she can pick up all your faults, just you know, as, your, as your wife does. Um, <laughs> that, that'll catch a few people. Anyway, um, I've been very lucky in that a number of people have, who everybody I've asked has said yes that they would critique my book. And I asked um, Bob Burke, he's, an, um, he's the editor for the Wild Deer Mag, and the first thing he came back and said was, if anybody who is brave enough to cover this subject, he said, they're going to do a movie about this. So I just kept cackling about it. I, I'm a pretty ugly film star. <laughs> I Look, we are buying, and I'm guessing, the experience, the experience of mm. a local man with the love of the local bush and that shines through in everything that you say. But we're also buying a very intelligent, articulate man and every piece of advice that comes out of your lips. I'm not even sure if you know you're rattling all this stuff off. The rest of us pay a fortune for how-to ebooks just to read it, let alone do it, yet you've got it all up and happening in a few months. You've only just started this project. Mm. Yeah, um the the pen for putting gorn hunting together started in August 2015, and it's well basically the second of August today 2016, 
and the whole business model has been created. Um, and that included writing the book, uh, mapping out what needed to be done. And whilst I haven't got it written down, I do have a business plan in my head because there are um, four key building blocks to any business. Now, the people, people write for a couple of different reasons. And my reason for writing is that any is to share that passion and all that sort of stuff. But I did come from a very poor background um, where there were times where mum and dad didn't even have enough to eat. Um, and, you know, there were six, six children and it was a real struggle to make ends meet. As a result of that and having the training as an accountant, the, the, one of the things that I do have sitting in, in, in as part of my psychic, if that's what you want to call it, is anything I touch, and if I'm going to spend time on it, it has to try and at least break even, because um, you know it's a lot. There's a lot of money and a lot of time goes into doing books. Um, I could quite easily just be out there doing my stuff in the mountain, writing for for, for Daniel and the team. And my, by the way, I don't get paid by those guys, and I never want to be paid by those guys. I love just writing for them, and I only write for that one magazine, and I don't intend to write for anybody else. Um, and they've always published my articles all the time. So, um, and I get a great satisfaction out of that component. But when I went to a book, it's a whole different kettle of fish um, as far as I'm concerned because there is the amount of effort and time that goes into that. And when you print your own book, there's also the cost of that. There's the marketing cost, the cost of building a website, uh, the cost of boosting posts on Facebook and, and your advertising. So you need to start getting a bit wired into, is this something you're doing as a passion to um, have it so that a few people can read? Or do you want to give it at least an opportunity to break even? Now, if I can break even overall, which I might add uh, the first month I have, so I'm pretty stoked about that. So all my costs have been covered. Um, going forward, I'm hoping that the cash flow that comes for it helps fund do the second book because I had to pay for the first book out of my own pocket. So if the, second, if the first book can actually cash flow that, I'll be pretty stoked. Um, so I, I, I put a business model on it and you've got your four key components of marketing, operations, organisation and finance. Slow down a bit there. The operations, marketing operations. What were they? Finance. Finance. Yep. And? Organisational. Organisational. Now, is this a businessman or what? Okay, yep. Keep going. So they're, they're really critical and they're, they're the four fundamentals of any business, whether you're, you're the largest business on the planet or whether you're a little soul author like me. Um, sole practitioner, so to speak, they are the, it's the same building blocks. It doesn't matter. And, and having a, 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 at least some idea of what all that means is re- to me is really important to bring your book project together. Um, you need to get wired into those things. There is lots of information about them. I've been pretty lucky in that um, during my professional timeframes, I did a lot of business coaching for people and part of part of my role was rescuing businesses from financial collapse, small to medium-sized people who basically got themselves into a bit of a corner and uh, part of what I did was help them get out of those corners and applying those um, building blocks to their businesses 
And then common sense says to me, well, I'm doing my own. Well, that's what I've got to do. There's nothing complicated about it. And I have owned my own businesses since I was probably in my late 20s. So being employed for my brother now is a bit of a novel experience. Yeah, but you get lots of good holidays you can take off when you want. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Now, we're 40 minutes in, over 40 minutes into our interview here. And I don't know about anybody else, but as we're listening... It has become obvious that this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, As soon as you said that you've been business coaching and turning businesses around and now you're applying all that knowledge to your own business, I'm going to suggest that not only are you um, going to break even, that you're obviously going to do very, very well in your niche market. Have you got any intentions of um, trying to live full-time on your author income? Uh, No. Um, the reality is I, I, I have no expectations as long as this can, at this stage, it's breaking even and I'm happy. If, I, if, it, if it goes beyond that, it's a bonus. And I'm sure I've put a business model on it and all that sort of stuff. But I'm sort of getting a little bit older in my life and um, I don't need to have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. To me, what's really important is that my project covers its cost, number one. The second part for me is to leave a bit of a legacy. I don't have any children, so I always look at it like this. Your spirit is only good to the next generation for the people that have met you and who know you. That's where your spirit continues. Once you go past that next generation, your spirit's gone, unless you're Julius Caesar, but we don't really know his spirit. We just know of him. You know what I mean? Um, So to me, it's really – this is probably um, me leaving – um, my legacy to some degree. Um, that's how I how I look at it, and and how I've structured my book is so that people who are really really tiny tots can read it. There's nothing offensive in my my material or anything like that, and I'm hoping that um, those people, young really young people, do read it. I've been really inspired by the amount of, and what I'm going to call is the next lot of young people, and makes me really feel old now. These are the people sort of in their late teens, sort of till say May till their till their I don't know, say early forties. I've had a number of people who've contacted me who have never read a book. Um, whilst I haven't read many, they have read less than me, and said this is the first book that they have ever picked up and read. So that's been really. You know, and, and they've said how much they've felt like they're, they're in, in those shoes. And that's an inspiration for them to be living, to try and live part of that type of dream as well. And there's also the, 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 the guys and um, more mature people who are no longer capable of doing the stuff that I still do and, and want to continue to do who reminisce about having done some of this stuff as well. And I've had a number of those guys contact me and say, yeah, I can remember doing some of this stuff, you know what I mean? And, and it's just fabulous to, to see a new um, um, book like this come out because the, the, the a number of publishers who are prepared to back small people these days is, is, is dwindling enormously and hence why I didn't even bother to go to a publisher. I just went... I'm going to do it myself. I spoke to the Australian ebook guys to start with, um, and they did a fabulous job on on doing my cover for me and, and sorting that. And they've got a really great business model there to to 
to help anybody who wants to do the ebook and all that sort of stuff, and they and I reckon they would do a really good job for you. Um, but I'm a DIY person, and so. I went, okay, I'm just now going to tackle a lot of this stuff myself because I want to learn as well. So part of that is, 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 is learning that. And to me, that's part of that legacy is when you open my book up, I'm the author, I'm the publisher, uh, it's the whole nine yards DIY, and even my editor is my wife. So that's part of, of, of where I come from um, with this. So if that inspires people to get out there in the mountains and do it, um, that's a pretty good emotional paycheck as well. I look. I have to confess, I had Amanda from Australian Ebook Publishers um, last week. I was having a chat with her about what she does for people. She published my book, The Miner's Wife, um, and Glenn Holman, who I'm guessing um, did your cover, um, yes. is is just brilliant. Um, he's now working elsewhere, I think, from memory. And yep. um, Amanda and her team are very professional. But once you've mm. done it once, it you do learn a lot in that process. I learned a lot going through the process with Amanda and her team, mm. and I'd like to do it myself this time as well because we do have the tools and there's a lot of other people around now to help us as well. Mm. Um, but... I've got a quote here for you and it says, you spend your money but you've accumulated a mind full of amazing savings. Yes. Um, if you took, okay, I'm an accountant and it probably sounds pretty weird that you tip me upside down and I've had businesses and sold them and, you know, we made a fair few pennies during that time. Um, but I've never let costs get in the road of going, spending those pennies for an adventure. Um both Susie and I um, and myself at different times, we've gone to Canada, Alaska. Um, I've probably walked more of New Zealand than any other person that I know, even for Kiwis. I've spent a lot of time in um, outback Australia, the north of Australia, uh, the bottom end of Australia in the Victorian Alps. And when you don't work for periods of time, it still costs lots of money to survive. That's just the reality. You still have the rates come in, still got the car cost, still got to eat, uh, insurances, the list just goes on. Uh, so we've been quite lucky in that um, being able to utilise those funds to go and do that. And as a result of that, that's actually given me that knowledge or that, that, those images and that, that in my head. And it's priceless as far as I'm concerned because you can't take it with you when you're dead. Doesn't matter how smart you are. That's just the realities. They haven't. I, you can't. It's just people who die. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm starting to get the picture about why you may actually work for your brother and which one of you two is the smartest because you obviously don't work full time as in four weeks and you'll leave a year. How much would it would it be fifty fifty or is it getting towards fifty fifty? There was a period for about five years where I lived half the time in New Zealand because I have a house, well, not I, we have a house over in New Zealand and also half the time in Australia. And half the time we were in New Zealand, we just didn't work during that time. Um, what happened here, my brother put his hand up. They had a number of acquisitions and he needed some more arms and legs to help with the, with the management side of the businesses. So I said, yeah, I'm prepared to help, but these are the conditions on which I work. So flexibility, flexibility, and flexibility again. And as long as my work is done, it's not a problem. And also with technology now, you can work on the cloud. So we have a paperless office. 
I can work anywhere in the world on what I need to do as long as I've got internet. It is just critical. And I might add that my internet in little downtown Tiania, New Zealand backwaters is a million times better than my internet in Australia. It's not and, even close. And I'm in Brisbane in a major city in Australia and even here this afternoon our Skype is tenuous at times and you wonder what <laughs> is going on. Um, it is crazy and I do think you have the perfect life and I'm glad that you are a digital nomad because now I know why I've got you on Rider on the Road is because we travel and we earn our money mm. on the road most of the time. Yep. Um, except... I'm stuck in school this year and it's all sad. Um, And you've destroyed my dream, I may as well tell you here and now. I was hoping that I would build up my business to the point where I didn't have to go to school anymore. And being an accountant, you had to go and trash it, didn't you? Um, What it is is expectations. There is a great possibility that either of them could could fly. You just don't – we just don't know that – it's one of them things where you look at something like Fifty Shades of Grey, for example. I know people cringe and whatever, and, and, and they can say whatever they like about it as literature, right? And to be honest with you, I think I might have opened up about five pages of it, and that's probably about it. And, and, and my wife made me go and watch the movie, and I just thought, okay, um, fine, that's okay. I'll go and do that because that's what she wanted to go and do. But... Look at it from what occurred financially. It went nuts. And um, it's one of them things where I like to log on for the Harry Potter site, for example, and I look at how nuts that goes. Um, Now, if the stuff that we can do is only a fraction of of what those guys do, um, that in itself is more than enough to, to be quite a comfortable living for an author slash publisher. So, you know, there's no reason that that can't happen, but it's false for me or for anybody to say to anybody when you're especially a brand-new business because the, the, the failure rate is so high that that's what's going to occur. Um, as I say, there is a great possibility that it can, but you've got to keep working away at those building blocks. Really super critical. In actual fact, writing the book or material is the easiest part of the whole gig. I can write my I wrote that first book in a month and I know that if I had a month where I didn't have to do all the background stuff that I'm doing at Prisma, book two would be finished. Um, it's spewing on social media and not getting but, – but balancing that, not to be looking at the phone every five seconds to see what everybody's saying. Um, really, really critical. And I schedule all my posts now so that I don't have to think about it. I'm doing it all a week in advance. I even schedule if I'm going to boost something, all thought about in advance. Um, And then I have a to-do list where I say, um, I want to be in so many shops. And so far, I've scored a shop every single day um, since I've released who prepared to take my book. So I don't have a distributor. I get get on the phone, talk to people, or I go and see them. Really, really critical. And also, I've got Phil in New Zealand who helps me with the distribution over there. And I'm very lucky, and I haven't mentioned this gentleman's name. His name's Rex Wilmer. He's down in Victoria, and he is like my grandfather mentor with this. He has been outstanding. He's got graphic uh, artist or graphic design background. And he has tutored me with a number of the, the things that I needed to do um, with the, the, the construction of stuff. So that really helped my learning with that. And 
for example, when I fly down on Thursday, he's picking me up from the airport. He's organised for me to go and meet people and stuff and press the flesh a bit more. So it's it's one of those things where you just got to keep chugging away with all of those. And they take an enormous amount of time and you haven't written a word. But they're critical. Yeah. And I, look, I think once you get your books two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine out there to go with book one, your your business is going to grow exponentially. Um, <laughs> your your foundations are so very, very strong. I, I feel like I'm talking to an author with 40 years experience, not four months experience. Uh, everything, if I went through and combed through this, I think I could put a checklist up of about 50 points for, for you guys out there listening. This man is amazing. Um, I'm going to ask him back. I'm going to do something totally girly now. I've got to take my daughter off to dance, um, and I don't <laughs> like admitting that. <laughs> um, but my boys at school tomorrow, I'm at an all-boys school here in Brisbane, and they are really waiting to hear all the gory bit. bit yeah, gory bits. So I'm going to tell them to buy the book because I don't want to talk about any gory bits. I'm a girl. Um, but I, I will thoroughly recommend them. And I'm going to um, speak to Gerard about getting him to come and speak to our guys at school. They would just love it. That would be so be, exciting. It would be an absolute pleasure. I, I would like to come and do that. Um, that would be, as I say, an absolute pleasure to come and do that. Not a problem at all. Mm. I'd love to. See, I'm, and, I've got connections. <laughs> and one thing which I'm going to suggest to people I produced an audio book, okay? Think about that. Really important. When I did some research for the genre that I've got, that's, as I'm aware, in Australia and New Zealand, the only audio book of that genre. Uh, See, smart man, very, very smart man. Um, There is no doubting that you have so much more to offer us. Um, can I invite you back when book two comes out? Absolutely. Ah, you're a wonderful man. I'm still in love after an hour and after all that boy blokey stuff. Susie, I'm on your <laughs> side. Um, this man is part inspirations, part philosopher, part practical and definitely part intellect. It has been an absolute pleasure, Gerard. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing book two. I'm looking forward to having you back. I'll definitely speak to the guys at school and get you up. You are going to be the most popular guy in the playground. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mel. I really enjoyed it. Talk soon.